everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Philadelphia Eagles Insider Podcast. We are your co-hosts, John McMullen. I'm Ed Kratz. We are with the Fans First Sports Network. And um, it's the offseason, but it's off to a uh, pretty eventful start for the Eagles. Obviously, uh, John, they fired their two coordinators, two of their three coordinators. It's weird that Michael Clay still has a job. Uh, after, you know, last year, it looked like he was the one that was in trouble, but the special teams uh, had a pretty good year this year, so he's still here. But the Eagles can Brian Johnson, their offensive corner coordinator. They fired uh, Sean Desai, who really had been fired, you know, a month and a half ago, and Matt Patricia took his place. But neither of them are back, obviously. So the Eagles went out and replaced them. Two coordinators coming in, Vic Fangio, will operate the defense and Kellen Moore in a late breaking uh, news item from, I guess it was Saturday night. We are here on Sunday, uh, Saturday night. Yeah. Kellen Moore, it was reported is going to be the offensive coordinator. Now the Eagles have officially announced Fangio. We're still waiting on the official announcement for Kellen Moore, but it's all, you know, pretty much a done deal, of course. So it's going to be Kellen Moore running the O and uh, Vic Fangio running the D John. Let's start with Fangio. Um, he was officially announced on Saturday. Uh, what What are your thoughts on him and what he brings to the Eagles' defense? Well, he he brings uh, the original, uh, so to speak, for the defensive scheme that they wanted to run and have run since Nick Sirianni got here. So Jonathan Gannon, uh, the first two seasons, Sean Desai, as you mentioned, finished it up with Matt Patricia. Uh, all kind of Xerox copies of, of big schemes. So Vic is the originator. Um, and from that standpoint, I think it's, it's good because it's always good to have the guy who created it, teaching it. I think it'll, you know, be better. We saw so many communication issues Ed, this year with the back seven specifically, I think he, he will um, sort of calm that down, but I, you know, I kind of wanted to get away. I was looking forward to getting away from that scheme, to be honest. I think, uh, and 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 Vic talked about this in Miami when he got hired down there last year. He was kind of um, not angry, but he he was like he didn't like that many different teams running his particular scheme because the more people see it, the more they get used to it, the more they study it, the more they come up with ways to sort of uh, combat it. So I think maybe the shelf life on this particular scheme is is on the downswing, so to speak. And I would have preferred a new scheme. But if you're going to run this scheme, this is probably the guy you want doing it. So that's how I kind of look at it. Yeah. And, and it's a, a scheme that, you know, the Eagles kind of have the personnel. I mean, they obviously need to upgrade, but they have the personnel really to to kind of operate this scheme. I mean, if you'd have brought in a, a Wink Martindale, for instance, the former Giants defensive coordinator, I mean, he's a pretty blitz heavy uh, D coordinator and the Eagles, I'm not sure have the personnel that would allow them to blitz consistently and successfully. Um, whereas Fangio has the players in house right now, and that's going to change. The Eagles are going to have to go out and, upgrade that personnel on the defensive side of the ball, but he's got the pieces in place to, to run his scheme. Uh, whereas maybe some others wouldn't, um, you know, Wink's 65 years old. He's not worried about becoming a head coach again. He had that opportunity uh, with the Denver Broncos and didn't do very well there. 
Um, it's interesting, you know, to hear some reports that have come out of Miami after his one year there. You know, Alan Pupar, a good friend of ours who operates the uh, Sports Illustrated Miami Dolphins site, and his right-hand man, Omar Kelly, uh, have talked a lot about how he was kind of a little prickly toward members of the coaching staff and players and how once you got into yeah. his doghouse, it was hard to get out. Like a Cam Smith, the second-round rookie cornerback, um, spent a lot of time in Fangio's doghouse. And their pass rusher, Agbuya, I think, I'm not saying that right, uh, but he had several sacks, but he was in the doghouse. And there were veteran players who went to Mike McDaniel and said, yeah, we don't want him back. I mean, that that he was kind of a divisive force, on, not only on the staff, but in with the players too. So we'll see how, you know, that translates here in Philadelphia. I mean, to me, it seems like kind of a dream come true for Fangio. This, it's a dream job, right? He's from two hours up the road in Northeast PA from Dunmore, Pennsylvania. He's a huge Philadelphia Phillies fan. Um, maybe he was trying to get out of Miami. Maybe he didn't want to be there in the first yeah, place. I think that was part of it. I think that was part yeah. of it. But, you know, it's funny because Miami made him the highest paid coordinator in NFL history. So it's interesting. Yeah. You, you know, a lot of people in Miami are saying tamper, tamper, tamper. And the Eagles went through that with Jonathan Gannon last year. And the Eagles fans were upset from that perspective. And um, it was pretty clear, that not only from the standpoint, if you think about it, Ed, let's be honest, the Eagles interviewed Ron Rivera yeah. and also Mike Caldwell to be the defensive coordinator in person. The reason they did that to get the Rooney rule uh, uh, um, uh, out of the way and they could hire Big Fangio when he became available. This was clearly in the pipeline. But guess what? Miami wasn't blocking it. They weren't. They weren't exactly blocking the door. They're not complaining because, from their standpoint, they're out of that five million dollar contract. And and Mike McDaniel's going to get a defensive coordinator he's probably more comfortable with Brandon Staley. I would assume would be getting the job down there. We'll see how it shakes out because some other people want Brandon Staley, but they're very close, so it probably works out better for him. And Vic wants to be here, so. And he already gets along with everybody. He gets along with everybody from Nick Sirianni. We, we know the coaching upheaval here and Jeffrey Lurie and some of the things he demanded, but um, everybody gets along with Vic. Jeffrey Lurie does, Howie Roseman does, Nick Sirianni does. So I don't think that's going to be a problem here. And I think you're right. I think he wants to be here and he didn't necessarily want to be in Miami. And now he gets to prove himself here, but, I am a little bit worried because the Eagles kind of frame this guy as some kind of savior. And unless they improve their personnel, it's going to be better than, than Sean decide Matt Patricia. Don't get me wrong, but unless they get better on that back seven from a personnel standpoint, it's not going to be a top two defense like it was in 2022. Yeah, no, no question. Um, and, you know, you mentioned the communication issues that were <clears> in place last last year uh you know there were so many moving parts on that defense um with injury and whatnot and ineffective play and rookies coming in and um there was just so many moving pieces it was hard to kind of figure out that communication piece um but you're right Fangio is not going to be the savior everybody thinks he is that it, it goes hand in hand you have to match the coaching with the personnel and vice versa and you know the Eagles have to certainly upgrade there 
And we'll eventually get into personnel talk here for sure. Um, right now, it's all about the coaching staff. And, you know, you mentioned Mike Caldwell's name, and it's interesting. He interviewed for the linebacker job, I believe, that, to coach the linebackers. And, yeah. and what, yeah. a, what a great hire he would be to do that. I mean, this is a guy with a wealth of experience as a coordinator, right? I mean, he, he's coordinated defenses in Jacksonville. Um, and I think it's because of Fangio's presence that would allow him to say, yeah, I'll work for Fangio. I like Fangio. He's a, a good friend of mine. And, um, you know, I'll work for the Eagles, a, a team that I played for years and years ago. Uh, so that would that's something to keep an eye on next. Uh, it was interesting when, you know, Nick Sirianni and Howie Roseman met with us at the year end uh, meeting on Wednesday, nine days after the season ended. There was a 30-minute delay. They were supposed to start at 2.30, and they were, it didn't start till 3. Yeah. We get the text from PR saying they're in meetings. And, you know, to me, I'm thinking, what what possibly what, – what they could be meeting about? The season's over. Uh, they've had nine days to get their ducks in a row. Why now all of a sudden? So my speculation is, is they probably had – because the news broke that Fangio was released by the Dolphins or they came to an amicable parting. Yeah. And thinking now that – they probably had Fangio on the phone or his representation, and they were saying, "Hey, I, 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 well, I, I think it was done before that. I think, yeah. it, you know, I think it was sort of, you know, and and that's the kind of thing, a wink, wink thing that once he got loose in Miami, he'd be coming to Philadelphia. I mean, he was a friend of the program. I like to call him in 2022. He was a, a, a consultant. They actually brought him on officially in the lead up to the Super Bowl." Interestingly, to help the offense, not the defense, they had Marcus Brady yeah. to help the defense. Uh, Nick Sirianni set it up that way. Um, so, yeah, he's friendly with everybody in the organization. He had mentioned when he got hired in Miami, explained the situation here in 2022. So if if Jonathan Gannon would have gotten a job earlier, he would have been the defensive coordinator here last season, but the timing just didn't work out. So. I, I don't think it was a hard deal to complete. And I and I do want to bring up the assistant coaches, as you mentioned. I don't know if Mike Caldwell's going to come here, but um there's also talk of Ronaldo Hill, who was the, the DB coach and the defensive passing game coordinator in Miami. Um he was a former defensive coordinator with the Chargers. Like Vic's got a lot of cachet, so they're gonna have a better coaching staff. Mm -hmm. uh, no matter how it shakes out, nothing against the DJ Elliott's and the DK McDonald's and the Ronell Williams, but they didn't have a ton of experience. Uh, Sean Desai, obviously, by the way, if things worked out a different way, I think Vic would have liked to have Sean Desai on his staff, but yeah. that, obviously that's untenable here, but yeah, Sean's um, he a great teacher. A lot. Yeah. yeah he's, a, he's a great teacher. He's just was put in a bad really spot. Is. Yeah. Um, so he's going to have a lot of cachet to put together a pretty good staff because everybody in this league respects Vic Fangio's a defensive mind. Yeah. Um, now, some of the players, he's an old school guy, he's 65. And that was another thing you mentioned, some of the Miami players, kind of a hard headed old school guy. And this is yeah. a new generation. So maybe that's something to keep an eye on. But as far as the step, this guy was, a, I had to look it up. He became a defensive coordinator in, in Carolina for the first time in 1995. Wow. And essentially he's been either a, a DC um, assistant to the head coach in Baltimore, um, had to go to Stanford 
for one year in college, but he was the DC um, and he took the year off before he came back to the Dolphins. But so you're talking about thir- over the past essentially three decades, he's been an NFL defensive coordinator. Yeah. And you think about that, Ed, you know, Sean Desai, and we're going to talk about Kellen Moore in a minute, but Sean Desai had one year experience as a defensive coordinator. Yeah. Um, Brian Johnston had zero at the pro level. Now you have a guy with three decades of experience, Kellen Moore, very young guy, but he's been a, this will be a sixth year as an offensive coordinator. I think that was key for Jeffrey Lurie as well, to get some people in with some experience that aren't going to learn on the job, so to speak. Yeah. You made a good point with the assistants. I mean, DK Elliott and uh, DJ Elliott and DK McDonald, those were first year guys. I mean, uh, uh, the, Elliot never had any NFL coaching experience. Yeah, yeah. He was at Temple, and DK McDonald was assistant to Denard Wilson with the cornerbacks. That was really his first job, uh, running first time running the you know the DBs by himself. So very inexperienced. That you know this is a move toward experience for sure. And one more thing I'll say about Fangio, and then we can move on to Kellen Moore, is the word that always comes up with him is accountability. You know he's a head coach that is going to hold you accountable. So if you're members of this Eagles defense, you're going to have to really toe the line here. Uh, you know, we saw too many guys have down years or years where they just didn't perform well. James Bradbury comes to mind. He should have been benched way sooner than the second quarter of the Tampa Bay playoff game. Um, you know, good guy, great year the year before, but just did not play to his potential. No. Um, and you could probably go down the list for a few other guys. I mean, Hassan Reddick spent some time on the bench in that playoff game. Um, guys are going to be held accountable. Vic Fangio is going to hold them accountable. And I, that's probably not a bad thing for this defense. Yeah, you need to upgrade the personnel, but you have to make sure the guys that are here are playing to their potential and getting ready, preparing during the week, not taking practice lightly, um, or, or you're going to be in Fangio's doghouse and, and you're going to have to work your way out of it. So I like that. I like this move. There are concerns, obviously, that that scheme that you mentioned has been kind of figured out maybe a little bit. Uh, from other teams, but, you know, as far as him and the intangibles that I think he'll bring, I think will help this team. Um, so, yeah, we can move on to Kellen Moore, the OC, the new AC, OC, I should say. And, uh, you know, he's yeah. a guy that the Eagles interviewed for their head coaching job back when Nick Sirianni got the gig back in 2021. So the Eagles are familiar with Kellen Moore, obviously. And what's interesting is he was kind of blocked from doing interviews until Jim Harbaugh decided to take the job with the Chargers. They weren't letting anybody interview for other jobs until they found their head coach. And as soon as they did, Kellen Moore was available and the Eagles pounced. They swooped in. They knew this is the guy they wanted. Uh, so they took care of business quickly. What are what are your thoughts on uh, Kellen Moore, how he got here, and what does he bring? Yeah, I mean, I, I just wrote about sort of my instant thoughts when when I heard about it at, at, over at SI.com backslash NFL backslash Eagles so people can check it out. But what I first thought about is the things that, you know, sort of the, the talking points uh, about why everybody was upset with Nick Sirianni's offense uh, late in the season. I think about motion, the lack of motion, 32nd in the NFL. Nick would say, you never want to be bottom five in anything except motion because he never motions and people are, are upset by that. The blitz beaters, um, Jalen Hurt struggled against the blitz and there was a lot of questions that there weren't enough built-in answers for the quarterback. 
uh, things like that. And Kellen Moore does all those things very, very well. He has in, in his five years as an offensive coordinator, four in Dallas, one with the Chargers, as you mentioned. Um, number one, he's had two number one offenses. Um, he was number one against the Blitz in Dallas in 2022 with Dak Prescott. He was eighth using motion last year with Justin Herbert and the Chargers, so he's top 10 when it comes to that pre-snap eye candy. I know you love when I use eye wash and eye candy. I got that from Jim Schwartz, by the way. But I know you did. Yeah. <laughs> I heard it every um, day for yeah. two years. Again yeah. here. Um, so, he, you know, it, to me, it seems like the pendulum effect. You go one way and then you go the other way when the one way doesn't work. Well, you know, I, I, look, I think Kellen Moore's been a very good offensive coordinator, but he's had some very good and talented teams in Dallas and and, and the Chargers, uh, specifically from a quarterback standpoint. So I think he's done a good job building around Dak Prescott and Justin Herbert. Now, what are you going to do? Are you going to do the same things with Jalen Hurts? I don't know if that's going to work because to me, he's a different style of quarterback. So if you're just using motion to use motion, if you're putting the quarterback under center, that's another thing he does. Mm -hmm. Jalen Hurts never does that. People seem upset unless they're doing the tush push. Um, you know, are you trying to turn him into a play action quarterback? I don't know if that's good. Now, from Moore's standpoint, he had Dak Prescott, who's that style of quarterback, Justin Herbert, even more that style of quarterback. We're going to see how he meshes that kind of stuff with the RPOs and the RPRs and the stuff Jalen Hurts does well. Um, so I think it's going to be interesting to see the meshing of Nick Sirianni and Kellen Moore and how it how it works out. Yeah, you know, I think he could use all of it, right? I mean, I think that was one of the problems with the Eagles' offense last year, especially late in the season when they collapsed, and Nick Sirianni even touched on is they became stale. You know, they didn't have, you know, that ability to kind of scheme receivers open all of a sudden. I mean, playing quarterback for Jalen Hurts, to me, under this old regime was hard. They didn't give him any easy answers to anything, especially on the blitz. They didn't get guys open that much. He threw a lot of contested balls. You know, windows weren't always wide open. And I think that's what Kellen Moore does well is he's able to kind of scheme guys open. But I don't see a problem with, hey, if you bring Jalen Hurts up 25% of the snaps under center and turn him into a play-action quarterback or whatever you want to say in those moments, then sure, why not? I mean, Hurts even said, I'm not the same quarterback today that I was two years ago or last year or this past year, you know, he's different. He's evolving. He's growing. He's still just 25. I mean, why not? Why not give him something to sink his teeth into to, to do differently and to make this offense less predictable? I mean, Sirianni got so old saying this offense runs through Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, and Dallas Goddard, and yet predictable. Um, let's not do that anymore. Let's, you know, let's open it up a little bit more. Let's put guys in motion. Let's use play action. Let's uh, throw the ball over the middle, something that, Hertz didn't do much this past season. Um, I think it's a really good hire from that end of things. I think maybe one of the dangers is, is that he could leave after one year. He could be a one and done OC. If the Eagles come out next year and win and, you know, make a nice playoff push, he'll be a head coaching candidate. Um, and then you're going to have to go through this all again. And you're going to have to yeah. give Jalen Hurts another offensive coordinator. He's been through so many in the last eight, nine years 
Um, that's a concern, but I, that's probably a good thing uh, in the yeah. long. I, you know, I brought that up success. as well. You know, if you think about it, in a lot of ways, it's almost a fait accompli is going to be a one-year coordinator because if he underachieves, Nick Sirianni's probably a lame duck, probably getting fired. The whole staff's getting blown out. Yeah. And if they get back to the top of the league, as you mentioned, Ed, he's probably going to be a head coach. He's already been a head coaching candidate. He's going to be a hot head coaching candidate. He's probably going to be out. Well, you know what? And I couldn't believe this. And I looked, I had to look it up and it's, and it's right. There is not one coordinator in the NFL right now. Now that Dave Ragone has been finally officially been released in Atlanta that has been in position before 2022. It's astonishing. Yeah. So by, by that, by that alone, you know, everybody's got a short term shelf life. So you might as well try to get the good guy for as long as you can get the good guy and you're going to have to replace him anyway. Now, some of that is because guys are successful. Like Ben Johnson's going to be successful. He's going to move on from Detroit. Um, some of it's guys getting being unsuccessful, being fired like Brian Johnson. I I put unsuccessful because I think Brian was scapegoated. I I I think it was unfair. This was a top ten offense, and people talk about it like it was the worst offense in the NFL. Guess what? The Philadelphia Eagles offense, by any standard, traditional DVOA was better than the Chargers offense this year. Um, yeah. with with Kellen Moore, and I will say this. Now, to talk about some of the potential negatives, uh, I know Mike McCarthy, when he moved on, wanted to claim that he he wanted to play more complimentary football. So I think there was a little Chip Kelly-ish sentiment from um, Kellen Moore, and it was always go, 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 and you're not paying attention to game situations. Sometimes you want to bleed the clock like the Eagles would do so well yes. in 2021 and 2022. If you got a 10-point, 14-point lead, you want to bleed the clock. You don't want to keep um, trying to put your foot on the accelerator. So that was Mike McCarthy, sort of some of his explanation. He wanted a better sort of game manager from an offensive standpoint. And he doesn't run the football. And we all know Philadelphia fans love running the football. Yeah. yeah. And that and was a big part at it. Yeah. with the Chargers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's, you, you got to see how it shakes out. But from a passing concept, we all know that's what Jeffrey Lurie wants. This mm-hmm. guy can develop passing concepts. He can scheme people open. Um, and he can put together a high powered passing offense. And that's what Jeffrey wants. So from that standpoint, it makes sense. Yeah, well, that's this. It's a good point. Like, you know, that's why McCarthy didn't want him because he didn't like to run the ball. But this is where and we can talk about Nick Sirianni and give our thoughts on his return here in a minute or two. But um, what is his role going to be? Is he going to be able to say to uh, Kellen, hey, listen, we let's run the ball here. You know, we are up 10. There's five minutes to go in the game. We need to run the ball. And I think that would be common sense. You would think Kellen Moore would do that. But yeah. how much of an influence is Nick going to have on Kellen Moore in his want to run the football? Sirianni's want to run the football, in my opinion. Um, we'll see. I mean, I think it's an evolving situation with Nick in this new role after he was stripped of the power that he was stripped of. And 
Um, I don't think the Eagles really know exactly what the <laughs> role that he's going to be in is going to look like. I mean, who's going to call the fourth and two? Is it going to be Nick saying, well, yeah, let's go for it, or we send them Braden Mann out to punt? Or is it Kellen Moore saying, hey, we're going for it? I mean, who, who's going to do that? Um, who's going to be in touch with the well, analytics? I hope that's Nick, but you I, hope? I can't tell you. I right. can't we tell don't you. Know. Yeah, we, I mean, I'm one sure. of the things I had a problem with that, that press conference, um, and I kind of knew this, but I saw it for the first time, because if you go back to Doug in 2021, you know, I was told at that time, Ed, that, you know, don't blame it on anybody other than Jeffrey Lurie. In other words, a lot of people like to blame it on Howie. Now, Jeff McLean reported, and it was the first I saw it, maybe you saw it before, that um, Nick does not report to Howie Roseman. He he reports directly to, to Jeffrey Lurie, and so does Howie. So, you know, from that standpoint, I think there was the assumption that Nick reported to Howie and Howie reported to Jeffrey. Nick doesn't have to report to, to Howie. It's directly to Jeffrey Lurie. So when you do this press conference with two guys who don't have the answers and they're up there, Jeffrey Lurie should have talked to us because that was his decision. Um, he doesn't like to talk to us. He'll talk at the owners meetings and probably one more time before the season, he tends to do a state of the team address. Um, for the most part, I like owners, you know, from a reporter standpoint, I'd like to have Jerry Jones who just constantly talks after every game because it creates stories. But, um, from an ownership standpoint, that's probably not the way to do it. But when, when, when Jeffrey makes decisions like this, he should stand up there and answer questions as to why he made these decisions. And, um, from my standpoint, it certainly looks like Nick Sirianni looks like a lame duck. Um, if he doesn't perform this season, he's probably out as the head coach. And that's a bad position to be in. And you mentioned stale and stagnant, some of the adjectives used to describe this offense. I find it very hard to believe, knowing what we know of Nick Sirianni from the three years we've been around him, Ed, that he went into Jeffrey's Lor uh, uh, Jeffrey Lurie's office and said, you know what, I need help with my offense. I don't believe that for a second. Oh, no. Um, so he was directed to do this, and is that going to be good? I, yeah, It's a lot of tempering of ego, I will say that. Yeah, you're right. I think Lori talked to us after they let go of Peterson, um, which was a bit of a surprise. Yeah. Um, so well, they... I think if he would have fired Nick, he would have talked to us. Yes. I think he understands that. Yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. But yeah. because he brought him back, he doesn't feel the need to speak. And you're right. He'll yeah. probably next time he'll talk, we'll probably be at the owners meetings and, you know, we'll get out of him what we can. You know, he likes to kind of, you know, talk and talk. Oh, yeah. Filibuster. Yeah. Filibuster, that's the word I'm looking for. Thanks. Yeah. So, so we'll see. But, I, you know, I, I'll say this on getting back to Kellen Moore a minute. It, it was interesting because on social media, our old friend Bob Groats with the Delco Times um, put out there that uh, imports from Dallas rarely work very well, referring to Kellen Moore, who spent a good number of years with the Cowboys. Um, and he's right. Dallas imports have not worked out. Miles Austin. The Miles Austin. Come on. Comes to mind. And DeMarco Murray came over from Dallas and was yeah. terrible. Um, but I, my contention was, and I put this back out to Bob, I said, 
you could say that he's from the Chargers. He did spend a year there, and the Eagles' history with the Chargers is pretty good. That's where Frank Wright came from, right? That's where uh, Shane Steichen came from. Yeah. Um, so if you Nick look at came from there as well, at least before. before. Who's that? Oh, Nick did. Yeah, right yeah. before Indy. Um, yeah. So I mean, their track record with team, you know, Chargers uh, is pretty good. So uh, you know, we'll we'll see. Yeah, you can look at it either way. But, yeah, right. uh, you know, I, I find it uh, ironic a little bit that, you know, Kellen Moore kind of got scapegoated in Dallas. He performed very well, but they lost in the playoffs and somebody had to go and it was Kellen Moore um, and they lost in the playoffs again. It didn't change much by scapegoating um, Kellen Moore uh, with the Cowboys. Now we have Brian Johnson. Uh, getting scapegoated by the Eagles. Um, maybe it works out in the same way, but tends to be when you're trying to single out and assign blame for certain things, and maybe not the best way to go about it. But right. I've heard the word uncomfortable a lot around you know, from people I've been texting with and talking to. And I think Jeffrey thinks people got too comfortable and he wants to make Nick Sirianni uncomfortable and he wants to make Jalen Hurts uncomfortable, give him a sense of urgency and we'll see if it works out. I can understand the thought process there, but. And the players can, too. Can go in two different directions. Yeah. yeah. Got to make the players uncomfortable uh, and especially on defense. I mean, too many guys probably got fat and happy. Uh, anyway, listen, let's wrap this thing up, John. Let me just get your thoughts on Sirianni coming back. Good thing, bad thing. What do you think? Um, I, boy, I'm, I'm on the fence there. I hate to be on the fence. I don't know how you fire a guy with a 667 winning percentage and three consecutive playoff bursts. But, uh, if you don't believe in him, uh, I think straddling the fence from Jeffrey Lurie's standpoint is the worst thing you can do. So if you think his offense is really stagnant and really stale and he doesn't have the answers, he should have shown the courage of his convictions and fired him. Same thing with Sean Desai in season. You know, why were you keeping him around? If you want him out, fire him. Um, so I think from that standpoint, I don't like it. Um, but if you ask me personally, I would have kept Nick. So I like the fact that he's still here, but I, I, I don't like the way Jeffrey handled it. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I think it was the right move to bring him back. Um, and I say that because of all the numbers you pointed out, the winning percentage. I think optically across the league, it would look very bad for the Eagles organization to go in search of their fourth head coach in 11 years. Um, a lot of instability there. That's something that winning organizations don't do. Uh, Sirianni's a young guy. So you're rolling the dice either way. You're rolling the dice if you bring him back. You're rolling the dice that whoever you bring in is going to turn this thing around. So he rolled the dice and it came up for Sirianni. And, you know, optically, I think it makes sense. I mean, it, it's hard if you're another coach looking to become a head coach. And I know there's only 32 jobs, but are you going to want to hitch your wagon to the Philadelphia Eagles who show no patience because they just fired a guy that came off the Super Bowl? I mean, I don't know. I think it would be hard to find a good coach in that situation. Um, everybody wanted Bill Belichick, but Bel nobody wants Belichick. I mean, he's probably not going to be a head coach. Uh, Jim Harbaugh to me was probably the best coach in this coaching cycle, and the Chargers grabbed him. The Eagles weren't going to get him. 
Um, so I think it makes sense. I mean, obviously, it's if the Eagles get off to a two and five start next year, Nick could be gone by Halloween uh, or Thanksgiving. Uh, but I don't think they will. I think these new coaches they brought in, Kellen Moore and Vic Fangio, are going to help. They're going to, uh, I think, you know, do some good things with this organization. I think Philly will turn it around and. You know, Sirianni could be here for a couple more years if that happens. So I like the move to bring him back. I know a lot of fans don't probably disagree with me, but that's kind of my feeling on it. So, uh, all right. So that's it for for us now. Uh, John McMullen, Ed Kratz with the Fans First Sports Network and your Philadelphia Eagles Insider Podcast. Stick with us uh, throughout the offseason and we'll uh, keep you up to date with what's happening uh, inside the Eagles. Thank you. You've been listening to a recording of the Philadelphia Eagles Insider Podcast on the Fan First Sports Network.